everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Another two hours of fun and excitement to be had by all, even as the guys and gal in the studio give me stink eye. Welcome to the program. Have we got a good show for you? Now, here's the deal. Incredibly horrible news today. Bad, bad news. What's what that? was that? Yeah. YouTube is broken. Oh, geez. No. YouTube was not broken. That, not that Kim Kardashian thing again. No, she's broken too. <laughs> this is different. Gangnam style. Sai. Yeah. He done broke. He done broke YouTube. Oh, no. Was that the right grammar? Yeah, yeah, that was that was correct. It felt right. He done broke YouTube. Yep. That's the way Sai would say it. Sai destroyed YouTube. Yeah. He had so many downloads of Gangnam Style, which used to be the theme of the show yeah. m- many moons ago. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah. I'm sure we could play it again if you want. Yeah. Let's do that. Get, get ready to play it because I think this will change your life. Uh Play it on YouTube. Let's see if we break it again. (laughs) (laughs) So the news is out that uh, apparently YouTube had never anticipated having so many downloads. True. You know what? Honestly, I'm going to bet Psy, the singer in Gangnam Style. I don't think he anticipated it either. He had no idea that was coming. (laughs) And yet uh, they weren't expecting any – so many views. 2.1 billion views is how many this video has had. But it, I guess it broke YouTube. I don't know what that means. I didn't anticipate it either. It broke the counter. Yeah. That's now, the reason I'm bringing this up is, is because who on earth would watch that? <laughs> don't know. Right? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't Martin Luther King Jr.'s I, I Have a Dream speech yeah. be watched 2.1 billion times? It would be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it would be great. No, it's not. It, I, it, you know, it's not. Shouldn't, uh, you know, some rendition of speech from, you know, yeah, John F. Kennedy, Gettysburg Address, John Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a dream. I mean, um, the the challenge to get to space. Yeah. I mean, any of them. Ask not what you can do for yeah. your country. Yeah. No. Nope. That's not what your country. Nope, can, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. It's yeah. because he can't dance to that. The day that you can dance to that. That's, that's a great it's point. It's 2 billion That's a great views. point. But see, maybe that is the problem, and that's what we're discussing okay. today, is how I, your kids I are now, under attack. I now have a goal. <laughs> You're going to put all of those speeches to music? <laughs> Dude, if you would just die, if you would dance like Psy, I guarantee people would watch. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they'd no, watch. My kids tell me they won't. <laughs> well, they would watch. They wouldn't. They'd laugh. No, my, kid, my kids would, said, would They would probably hide. No. Forever. Would, no, it's like a train they would, wreck. They would dig a bunker and go live in it. For, <laughs> yeah, your kids would. Your kids yes. would hide, mm-hmm. but your, the friends of your kids, they would. They'd have to see it, and they'd say, "That's your dad. <laughs> your dad dances like a dolphin." <laughs> anyway, scooting across the water like a dolphin. 
Hey, uh, so what we're talking about today is how your kids are under attack because they're just picking up. Maybe they're not growing their own value system or following the values of their parents. They're now mm-hmm. picking up the pop culture value system. Right. Boom. I totally believe that. I would agree. I, I see it in my house. It's amazing because like I go home and I'll play a song that I heard somewhere or I'll, it'll be on somewhere and my kids will all be singing the words. And I don't understand how they know the words. Because they see it on the internet. I know, but I didn't know they were on the internet. Guess what? Apparently when I'm at work, they are home on the internet. Surprise. It's it's crazy. It's not just crazy. It's it's called Gangnam style. Open Gangnam style. Gangnam style. Gangnam style. Mm. Did we break it again? Oh, did it break? No, just went up one click. Okay. Your children are being taken to the cleaners <laughs> from some, I guess, South Korean dancing crazy mm. men. But he's got a great dance. So that's what we're talking about on the show today, values and how we make sure that our kids are not under attack. We've got the author of the book by that name. Uh, your kids are being attacked. Your children are under attack. Let me get to the exact title. Your children are under attack. How popular culture is destroying your kids' values and how you can protect them. Now, you know, you normally think, oh, this is, oh, sure. He's probably just some right-wing conservative Christian coalition, blankety, 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 blank. He's not. He's a researcher. And, uh, you know, there's some great information that we all can learn from. So we'll be talking about that today. A little bit later, Dr. PJ, Dr. Paul Jenkins will be joining us. He'll be... Uh, Teaching us, you know, about life, life in general. Also, a little update for those that uh, are, mem- are are members of the um, adopt <laughs> adopt a, adopt a, a newlywed program. <laughs> Many of you didn't hear, but we started a program this year. Uh, when did we start it? We're starting to. It was two days ago. We started two days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had our first, I think, our first pledge. Pledge. It, 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 that's all it is. It's, it's a, a pledge because it hasn't actually turned into cash yet. Right. But this is the James Birdsall Wedding now, Fund. Now, what I want to know is, is how much do we get to take off the top? Well, it's 10%. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. T- 10% of this money goes directly to the charity. Okay. <laughs> 90% of the money that we collect in the James All James Birdsall Getting Married Fund goes to administrative, goes to administrative fees. Mm-hmm. That's a lot off the top. Well, there's a lot of marketing fees here. Do you know what yes. it takes, James, to run a radio station? I, I know, actually know very well what it takes. Let me tell you what it takes. Oh, okay, okay. Billions of dollars. Wow. Yeah. And I can't do this all myself, and nor can BYU Broadcasting. Okay. So we, we're going to take 90% off, give you 10 well, when you put it that way, 90 is very fair. Totally fair. I think that's very, very fair. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it's just really, we're just, it's a tithe. It's a tenth. Is that what I would be receiving? That's what you tenth. receive, okay. is a tenth. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, our first uh, donation to the fund, if you want to you know, give us some money for this fund, this fund is basically to make sure that James can buy a ring. Uh, James had a lot of money saved to buy his wonderful friend, uh, Michaela, Michaelovich, a ring. Uh, he then, in a burst of excitement, uh, spent it all with a Cutco Cutlery knife salesman. 
and bought her knives instead. And that's the surprising thing is that you wouldn't think that demo knives would cost so much. I know. I know. It's did. amazing. Did uh, – when you were having your – when they were selling you on this idea that you were going to want to buy knives, yeah. did they cut a penny in half with the, the scissors? That was one of the things they did, yeah. Because that's what sold me. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, man, if I can put a, cut a penny, my wife would love that. <laughs> Do you have a high demand for cutting pennies? No. Well, but you but know, that's the point. You don't that need. You could if you, you could. wanted to. That's it. So, like, I mean, let's just say there was a day where, like, you were stuck, and the only thing out way to get out was cutting a penny. Well, and also, I mean, you have, when you have that pesky penny in your back pocket, and you pull oh. it out, and like, oh, what am I going to do with this pesky penny? <laughs> yeah, and then you just cut it in half. Yeah, and done. So we've put this fund together, and we're asking for money. Yeah, for James. Yeah, really, it's not for James. It's for his fiance McConkie. She's she needs a ring. In order to legitimize the betrothal, is that the right word? That sounds betrothal. weird. That sounds weird. The, 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 it sounds like a betraying. It's, <laughs> it's to, 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 to satisfy the requirements of engagement. Yeah, because apparently there are these uh, things that you have to do before you yeah. get engaged and before you get married. It's called hazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it seems like. It's a lot like hazing. The jewelry stores are hazing. It's a lot like hazing. Yeah. If they tell you that they're going to duct tape your hands to a railing, don't let them. <laughs> That's another hazing technique. Well, okay. It's, so they do it all through high school. Not only will they ask me to pass over some money, mm-hmm. but they'll also If they pull duct tape out, you need to go find another jeweler. Okay. Jeweler. Or okay. knife salesman. <laughs> so we're raising money. If you want to give money, go ahead and uh don't call in on this one. <laughs> just just email Sean dot O'Neill at BYU. .edu.com forward slash Big Daddy. Backslash wedding stuff. Backslash wedding stuff for poor, poor James. Yes. Um, But we we did get $10 today. A a pledge of $10. Uh, By the way, and... uh, There we go. Okay, have we put the money away? Uh, Yes, we did. So that's $1 towards the ring. $1 towards James, <laughs> towards the ring, minus his tithing, so he's down to 90 cents. <laughs> 90 cents closer to that ring. But we, the neat thing about the operation we call the Matt Townsend Show, we are up nine bucks. Woo! Huge success. It's not a bad racket. Drinks all around. Drinks for everybody. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about, and we're proud of you, James. Thank you. You can get a ring for a buck. Yeah, at like the so you have to throw in ten cents of your own, <laughs> but keep the money flowing, folks. Okay, yeah, don't we, spend it. All we need place. we need more money. These people are worth it. Uh, James and Marion, great couple. Mm-hmm. They deserve the best. Marion Ross from Happy Days. Yeah, oh. that's who I married. knew. I knew her. By the way, just so you know, that donation of ten dollars came from Marion's friend. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're out there listening, if you're a friend of Marion or James, or if you want to be, give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Hey, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start this party. Dr. Jim Taylor will be joining us, talking to us about his book, Your Children Are Under Attack, How Popular Culture Culture is Destroying Your Kids. We're going to tear it apart and figure out how to strengthen our families, my friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. Who doesn't love dirty laundry? Me. Me. You and my wife. Because I, I, that's why I put it in the washing machine, so it's not dirty. It's a good plan. Okay. It's a good plan, Stan. Today we're talking about uh, how your kids are under attack. And, you know, that just sounds like a bunch of bravado. But as a, as a man who has six kids, and they're all vegging on the couch every night by 730 by the way, another interesting stat, television viewing going down, Televi- or streaming going up. We're under attack. And the attack is simply maybe an attack on our value system because there's a lot of stuff that maybe certain you know, media leaders may be teaching your kids that you don't necessarily buy off, buy off on, that you don't care about. So we've got a guest today, Dr. Jim Taylor, who's joining us, who's published over 400 articles in scholarly and popular publications and has given more than 500 workshops and presentations throughout North America and Europe. He's the author of eight books. One, uh, one of his most recent is Positive Pushing, How to Raise a Successful and Happy Child. And another book that came out in 05 uh, is this book about your children are under attack, how popular culture is destroying your kids. He's been on the Today Show, you know. World news. He's been everywhere. And today, he's on the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Jim Taylor, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Great to have you. This really is, I mean, I'm I'm sure you heard, Gangnam blew up YouTube. People, our kids are, are, you know, somebody's watching that. So apparently, we're willing to go to the YouTube kind of uh, mentality. Is it really destroying our kids? All this pop culture, all this... Yeah, let, let me uh, share two thoughts on that. First of all, when I, when people talk about pop, popular culture, <clears throat> it is traditionally thought of as being an expression of the popular views of of, of people. Um, but these days, popular culture is no longer popular culture. It's now manufactured culture uh-huh. yeah. by by big media, by big companies, big data, who really only care about one thing. Do you know what that is, Matt? What money? Money. Filthy Maybe lucre. Money. That's right. Yeah, and they will say anything and do anything to make more money. Now, and think about values. Now, values, unfortunately, have gotten a bad rap in our, our society because they've, got, been, they've been attached to all these hot-button political values. Yeah, right. But when I, talk about, when I talk about values, I talk about the ones that I don't care where you live, what your faith is, what your politics are. We can all agree on, you know, compassion, responsibility, respect, yeah. hard work, all these things. And I think that is where... Um, our children, yes, and our families are under attack by popular culture. I, I, I really, I think you're because you're onto something. There's really like four or five main media companies that are running. I don't know, eighty percent of the media. I'm assuming. So if their if their end in mind is, you know, money, it's a different game. You know who I I think of Paul Harvey. Is and I just when I grew up, it was about Paul Harvey, and now I'm sure he was making great money. But he wasn't necessarily, I don't think, run by some big conglomerate. He was still writing his stuff. It was still his head, his thought, his heart, his mission. And yet nowadays we have these big companies that are churning it out, and I totally agree with you. I think there are more values that we can all agree on than fight about, and uh, that's really why I wanted to have you on. How do you – what do you think – do you think parents – and is it just parents? Because, I mean, a lot of people are just 30-year-olds that, to me, are still drinking from the same well. Yeah, and um, 
Ultimately, it's, it's parents' responsibility. I don't want government to tell me how to raise my kids. And I have, I have two young girls. And, uh, and schools, they can help. But bottom line, it's up to parents to make the decision about what their children are exposed to. And, and I happen not to think, I happen to think that parents, most parents aren't aware of the messages that their kids are getting because otherwise they wouldn't be allowing their kids to be exposed to these, these things, at least in such, such a, a, an invasive way. Give, give us some examples. I mean, you can always see it. If, you know, if your kids are on the Internet long enough, they're going to run across stuff. But where, where do you see it's a little more pervasive or the marketing is more aggressive towards them? Well, in terms of advertising, for sure. I mean, advertisers, advertising is meant to manipulate. It's meant to ingrain messages. It's meant to tap into our children's most basic needs, which are self-esteem, to feel good about themselves, to feel attractive, and to be accepted. And so if you look at, look at everything related to, uh, you know, kids, kids' clothing or technology or food or, or sodas, it usually shows attractive young people yeah. having a good time with that product. Um, I just saw um, Coca-Cola, they're, they're, one of their new lingos is open happiness. <laughs> open happiness? Really? Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah. having a Coke might taste good for some people, but A, it rots your teeth, mm. B, it inc- increases the chance of obesity, and C, it will not make you happy. I'm sorry. See, isn't that that's an interesting illusion. If only I had a Coke and then I could be happy. But I guess, really, we've all been sold the Coke line. You know, Coke, it, it makes you happy for years. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, I, we just had a, a deal that happened in uh, Provo, Utah here about a year ago. A mom went in to a, just a store, and she saw that they were literally – the clothes for these teens were so sexually driven and sexualized that the the models wearing them, you're thinking, What? Is this what we're teaching our kids is that you've got to look like that and wear it like that, and that's the sign of attraction? And so I think you're onto something. I mean, it's, and again, I guess this is probably not a new argument, is it, Jim? Um, it's not a new argument, and it, some might say it's, a, it's, a, it's an old school argument, but the fact is, is that I, I want my kids to have good values, <clears throat> and I don't want them to um, have, be exposed excessively to messages that aren't consistent with the values that I want yeah. and in our culture. And the, an interesting question is, well, you know, I grew up with popular culture, you know, and they were the Beatles, they were so out there because they had such long hair, and then the rock group Kiss. And always, there's always been this, quote, pop culture mm-hmm. and this whole rebellious side. But I think what has changed, both qualitatively and quantitatively, is technology and me- new media. Mm. And how it's it delivered, be, huh? Exactly. It used to be that our house was a semi-permeable membrane, that the only thing that got in from the outside world was maybe cable TV or, before that, antenna, the three, mm-hmm. three networks. But now, kids, the home is this incredibly porous membrane where kids are constantly bombarded. I mean, you, you might have seen the research, uh, Kaiser Foundation research found that kids spend seven and a half hours a day on average in front of non-school-related screens. Mm. This means that, that popular culture is influencing them almost all that time, whether it's through ads or uh, YouTube videos yeah. or music or movies, or television, streaming, or through the set. And so it used to be that the vast majority of the messages that kids got from their family, house of worship, school, 
sporting activities, cultural activities, were generally pretty positive. Yeah. But now I think that the vast majority of the messages that kids are getting these days are not healthy. And that puts parents in a very tough situation where it's hard to do it alone. Right. Unfortunately, they sort of have to. And it's interesting because as, you know, BYU Broadcasting, our goal is to to create good, high-quality content that is safe and values-friendly and not even like specific religion-friendly, but just general values of goodness and but what's interesting that I'm finding on the anywhere on the internet, you can create the good quality program on YouTube or whatever, but then there's still so much around it. There's so much marketing around the imaging and the content that you're providing that in the end, it's not even the content per se. It's almost the brand. It's the marketing and the branding sometimes that surrounds the good content. And that's something sure. we don't have as much control over. You know, you hand it off to the media companies and they take off. Yeah, and I, I think what's really unfortunate is that good values, good good people don't sell. You look no. at all the TV, whether it's the Housewives of, um, uh, um, uh, yeah, whichever Jersey, city Jersey, that's struggling. Jersey Shore. Right. Don't get me started on reality TV. But these expose kids and uh, people to just what I consider to be the worst values: you know, yeah. greed and materialism and spite and meanness. It's, I think it's just horrible. I, I t- I'm with you totally, Jim. We're talking with Dr. Jim Taylor. Go to his website, drjimtaylor.com. Couldn't be simpler than that. drjimtaylor.com. Great information um, and ideas about all of his books. But all, the book we're talking about today is "Your Children Are Under Attack." Uh, when we come back, we're going to give more ideas, more tools to help us, you know, find the good in the world and, for heaven's sakes, find the values and protect our families while we're at it. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Video killed the radio star. YouTube killed the video star. And Gangnam killed the... No, the video star killed YouTube. That's true. That's true. And then Gangnam took over. And now we are all stuck with Gangnam Style. Uh, Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today we are talking about your children and their value system and... Who's in charge of that? Who is putting the, uh, you know, the final, you know, press on your children and their videos? I mean, and their value system. Is it, do your children, would they know your values? Have you taught them what your beliefs are, your principles? Or are you going to just allow, you know, seven hours a day of TV you know, YouTube, Internet, all of the stuff going on to influence your children. We've asked Dr. Jim Taylor to join us from J- drjimtaylor.com. He's, uh, he's been writing on this subject and many subjects like it forever, on parenting, on raising children, um, on our values. 400 articles that are scholarly in, popu- in popular publications, 500 workshops, and one of the eight books he's written is called Positive Pushing, How, How to Raise a Successful and Happy Child, and another book we're talking about today, Your Children Are Under Attack. So, Dr. Jim Taylor, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show. Very good to be back. 
So is it, you know, is it a culture? I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we push and push and push on our kids in so many different ways. And I, I'm just wondering if, is, is what we're going through just a cultural, an American cultural issue? Or are we seeing this kind of globally? What's happening with us? Well, I think that we, two things. First of all, we are pushing, I believe, the wrong things on our children. We're pushing the need for success uh, so unrealistically. And I think it has to do with a lot of the economic uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But so much of parents' energy now is focused, in, focused on ensuring that their kids are successful, that they've, they've, they've taken that energy away from instilling good values in them, making sure that they're good people. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so that's, that's one thing. The other side is that, is this a purely American phenomenon? No. It comes with affluence, and it comes with the pervasiveness of, of, of popular culture, Western culture, technology, the Internet, uh, being suffused into, into all countries. Yeah. And I, I wrote a blog post not long ago that our revenge will be our exported popular culture, <laughs> where, for example, in China, um, obesity rates, uh, rates of heart disease have been growing significantly uh, <laughs> as a result of the incursion of American fast food, American consumption um, becoming uh, very envy, being something that they envy and that they want to have over there. Oh, wow. That's just sad. But I mean, you can see it. I mean, really, all of a sudden, you can go to. I had a friend that was just in Guatemala, and he's like, You won't believe how much they know through YouTube. And I'm, not everyone has it, but it's out there. That's our great export. Um, and the sad thing is, is that um, our culture, you know, can also be our values and our principles. I had a friend the other day talking to me about the greatest generation. And then he asked, do you think our kids will be like that? And I think not. I mean, I think they're great. And I think honestly, in many, 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 many regards, they're, they have potential to do much greater things than even maybe we did, but not if they're root, not rooted in the values, you know? Yeah, and I, I, think, I think that's a challenge is that, that at least kids today um, have a connection with, quote, the old days before Internet ruled the world through us. Yeah. But imagine kids, in kids our, our kids' kids or our kids' kids' kids who will have absolutely no memory or experience of what the world was like before. And, and Matt, it's easy, to, it's easy to say, well, you know, he's just some old guy talking about stuff, things are never mm-hmm. the same. But I'm totally involved in technology. I love technology. I love um, all that can be done. You bet. But I, I think, and I don't want to be chicken little. No. The sky is falling. I want to be like Paul Revere. And, yeah. and just, just letting people know that there are concerns out there. And is it the end of the world? Is it Armageddon? Probably not. You know, um, we Americans are pretty darn adaptable. Yeah. And I, I wrote another blog post recently about how I think there are a lot of great young people out there. Because I think young people these days have also gotten a bad rap where they're, you know, they're slackers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Narcissistic and, and they don't care about things. But those aren't the kids that I come across. No. Um, there are a lot of great kids out there. Um, and, but I think what's most important is that parents need to realize that their kids aren't just naturally going to get this, their family values. Right. Because it's about messages. It's about the quality and the quantity of those messages. 
as far as quantity goes, they're being bombarded by, by exponentially more bad, bad, in my view, bad messages from popular culture than parents can, can just naturally assume they're going to get right. their family. And, that, and that's why parents have to be very active in, in communicating those value messages to their kids. And that's the, the, the quantity. I mean, anybody that's taken ever one marketing class knows it's repetition. You just keep repeating it. Keep repeating right. that, that Coke makes you happy, and eventually you're going to believe Coke makes you happy and that skinny jeans make you skinny, even though you go right. to Walmart and you see many a person that, that shouldn't <laughs> be wearing a skinny jean. So I guess when we, do, when we do this, we have to be willing to, you know, I think we give the benefit of the doubt that we, we, we it has to be the parents. We, we're the ones that have to step up, and we need to be giving more quality messaging to our kids that are different than just what the marketers might be giving and more and, and more quantity. Um, talk about the, the, the messages we probably need to counter then, I'm hearing, are kind of like greed. Um, what is it? Just the need to be popular, the need to be what? What are the, what are the, what are the main counter principles they're learning, the main uh, negative lessons that they're learning that we need to counter with our value system? Or what values are they, being, are they learning? Well, in my book, I actually talk about six values that we really need to emphasize. And so we, let me present those, and then you can obviously see the, the other side. Yeah, okay, great. Um, their, their respect, and obviously disrespect is the cool thing these days. Um, responsibility, and of course, it's in, the, in this world, it's not my fault. No, yeah. Because, because then I might be held accountable. Well, and it's um, my, we all have rights, not responsibilities. Right. Today, exactly. you hear that all the time now in, in, you know, everywhere. Everyone's got their rights, but nobody's willing to be responsible for their rights. Absolutely, Matt. Huge. Um, another one is, is success, definitions of success. It's all about money, wealth, status, and power. And um, happiness, well, go back to the Coke example. Yeah. If you wear this or own this or drink this, that'll make you happy. And that's simply not true. Um, the, the value of family. Unfortunately, what has changed over the last 50 years is, the disintegration or the separation of family, where there's no longer multi-generations locally very often. There are a lot of single-parent families, um, and, and so people have lost touch with what family is about. And they, family, for me, is the anchor of everything that kids, beh- kids become. And now, but now it's not about family. It's about your peer group. It's about the stuff you have. They're my family, not my real family. Right, right. And then the last one is compassion. And research has shown that there's been a, a decline in empathy and a rise in narcissism, indifference, hatred, um, disrespect. Gosh, you just look at politics these days. Oh. And is the, the lack of respect and responsibility and compassion is, is horrible. And I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. And, and so these are the messages that kids are getting constantly in school, in, not intentionally in school, but in the culture of many schools, through popular culture, through the media, et cetera. And, and that's where parents need to take a very active role in reasserting those fundamental values. And, and again, I, I like that you're framing it as a value because, I mean, who, it's hard to argue against respect. It's, it's there. I mean, generations, families, people are going to do better when there's respect. These are all things that are hard to argue against, even though the culture might be shifting. Um, 
we've got to we've got to somehow take the the values back. And and we're going to get into this big time in the next block as well. But just maybe get us started. What are some of the the things that um, we need to to focus on, or what we can be doing to protect our children and strengthen those values? Yeah. Um, well, I think ideally limit some of the exposure to yeah. popular culture. Um, educate kids about the messages that that they're getting from popular culture, so they can still watch some show for its entertainment value, but not believe the junk in it. Yeah. Um, there are two things that I really emphasize: is first of all, be very deliberate about creating what I call a family value culture that is in opposition to popular culture. So identifying the values that you believe in as a family, and it's not my place to tell you what you should value. Right. But what I can tell you is that there are some values that I think we can all agree on and that make sure you communicate those values very clearly to your kids. So the family value culture is one. And then creating a community value culture that is create a world around your children that can act as a bit of a bubble. Hmm. Um, And that's neighborhoods. Those are, again, houses of worship, schools, sports activities, cultural activities, um, 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 any kind of social interactions that, that kids have, make sure that the people that your kids are around are supporting your values. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that, that, and interesting, that was just the old way of living, right? I mean, you had your values, dad and mom would talk about it, you'd go to your church or your community groups, and they shared similar values, so you were kind of in your bubble. And now we're, the bubbles are all kind of floating away, and bubbles are popping, and some bubbles are intentionally being popped, and you're just saying, parents, we got to get back in and start organizing this culture. Yeah, because it's not going to happen from the top down yeah. at a government, a government level or at a business level, because I, I don't hold it against no. business to, to make as much money as they can. That's their reason for being. Right. And so we can't ask them, and there are some good businesses out there, but we can't ask them to uh, to choose what's right over, right over the bottom line because that's the, what their existence is about and it might not align and, to my values anyway. You're right? right, it might not exactly. It yeah. might not exactly. Um, but, it, but it is no doubt it's an uphill battle. Yeah. But I believe parents need to fight the good fight for this um, because you know again I don't want to suggest that it's going to be the end of the world if if um, you know if, if if popular culture wins. But um, I, I don't think we're on a very good road, that's no. for sure. And I, I love that, too, that you're not trying to be an alarmist, but a realist. And I, I'm with you. I'm with you in the battle. Let's, uh, let's take a break. We're again talking with Dr. Jim Taylor from the website drjimtaylor.com about his book, Your Children Are Under Attack. Really, go check out that website. Wonderful tools there and uh, ideas to help you uh, get through this, to, to not just freak out, for heaven's sakes, but let's start working it out. Let's start creating better lives, better families. Let's talk about our values with our kids. All of that and more, my friends. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more tools, more ideas to uh, help you through this, this attack. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> Is that really what it's called? 57 channels and nothing on. 
Yes, that is a song from Bruce Springsteen. That was last night, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 210 more channels. than 57, unfortunately. And, yeah. Hey, I'm going to start a revolution soon. And Dr. Jim's, he's, this was never his intent. But I, I am, I'm turning off cable. I'm doing it. I'm turning off cable. I'm not turning off Netflix. <laughs> cable. I'm taking them on. Uh, anyway, Dr. Jim Taylor is joining us from the website drjimtaylor.com. He is the author of eight books. One book, uh, I believe it's the one out most recently, Positive Pushing, How to Raise a Successful and Happy Child. He also um, has written the book, Your Children Are Under Attack, and is teaching us today, again, not to worry. No, you know, the sky's not falling. However... <laughs> There's a lot of people pushing on your the bandwidth of your children's brains, and there's a lot of, I think, messages getting in that may not be aligned to your values or your family values. He's here to teach us about why we need to watch out for that, how to watch out for that. Dr. Jim Taylor, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show. Great to be back. It's been fun talking to you. Um, a little clarification. Yeah. Um, I'm actually up to, I don't, your your um, information, your bio is a little bit old. I'm actually up to 15 books now. Holy and, cow. Uh, and my uh, my latest parenting book is called Raising Generation Tech. Ooh. Um, prepare your prepare your children for a media fueled world. That's huge. Now it's very much tied in with our current discussion because yeah. because new technology and media is is what has given popular culture such power these days. You bet. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that the Raising Generation Tech is that's interesting, especially because we aren't necessarily from the tech generation. So you're raising somebody that has just kind of an inherent knowledge base that we weren't necessarily born with. Right. We are, we are digital immigrants, as they say, and they are digital – children are digital natives. Mm. That's why I feel like a fish out of water. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, um, we don't have cable or satellite in our house. Um, we do have Netflix, of course, and we stream occasionally. Yeah. But, um, but that's one way Did, we control the spigot. And you survived. Um, and our kids love to play outdoors. Yeah. And they love to make things and sew and build stuff. See. And uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. I do too. I, I re- And you know what? I kind of also, this is just the passive aggressive side of me. I like to stick it to the cable guy. <laughs> and I just like to know that, hey, I'm not writing that big check anymore. Huh. It's, it's amazing. It's a great thing. It's It really is a great thing. Um, And I, oh, that is that new book I'm dying to go read, Raising Generation Tech. Because when I think about – it really is. It's a process of, of getting down to your values. Some of the values you talk about are respect, responsibility, success, happiness, family, compassion. How do we, how do, we do this? So, I mean, one thing you're saying is turn off the volume, turn off the flow of the tech in a way. And then I guess don't just demonize it, but, but instruct, educate, teach your kids what they're watching. Right. You, you cannot – say it's a, a bad thing because for kids it's a good thing yeah and so you want to understand that there is and there's a value in, in entertainment for example in you music bet. and movies and tv and so on um but just don't listen to what they're saying because all they care about is money yeah yeah and and then to sit down with your kids and you can do this at a very young age and say this is what we value most and and weave that into into your family's lives there's so many good ways to teach respect, whether it's by, look, by looking at examples in the media, as in, um, by, by teaching, showing respect to your kids, showing them how to respect you, 
And same thing with the other ways. Well, you know, some people do believe that one definition of success is to make a lot of money. But there are other definitions of success. Yeah. Such as doing something you love. And so these are the kind of conversations you want to have with your kids. And so you get to show them that there is another way of looking at the world. Because they are, they are looking through the world through this lens of popular culture. And if that's what they see, that's what they're going to believe. No, I, I love you it. Show them they need to, you need to show them that there's another way of looking at the world. And in fact, I believe a healthier way. And the research shows that it's a healthier way. That people, for example, um, there's a researcher from the Midwest who's done wonderful studies on what he calls the materialistic value orientation. That is to say, people who believe that, that it's about money and status and power are actually less happy, have less, um, less good relationships, um, have more problems with mental, mental illness, uh, more likely to have drug and alcohol abuse. Hmm. So this is not just some sort of intellectual conversation. This is very deep stuff that affects that affects people individually and collectively. It's it's so true. Um, I just think of the farmers that were raised with this idea that if you're not out in the field and you're not planting and you're not weeding and protecting and learning and um, the law of the harvest was so inherent in their in their identity and their culture. And maybe what's happening to us is this consumerism. What was the what would, what did you call that that you just described? Materialistic value orientation. Yeah, I mean, if all of a sudden we have a materialistic value orientation, law of the harvest isn't the law that guides us anymore, but materialism. Well, here's two words for you: Black Friday. Oh, tell me about it. Gray I mean, Thursday, Black, Cyber Black Monday. Friday. I know. Right. I mean, what are those days? Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. What is, yeah. That is a special time to share essential values with family. And yet what's happening now? Yeah. You've got to get to Best Buy or to Walmart on, on, on Thanksgiving yeah. day. To, to get That's the crazy. deal that you, by the way, could get the next day or, interestingly, on Cyber Monday. Or, or that you don't even really need. Or, you, yeah, or yeah, if you really think about it, you may not need. That's true. Right. That's true. And it's funny because we're mad. At, I, I get mad about it. Not really. But it's frustrating. And yet it wouldn't work if we wouldn't play along. That's exactly right. Well, it's, it's interesting the view about this idea of, of popular culture being manufactured culture. Think about it. Nobody was clamoring for reality TV. No. Nobody was clamoring for an iPhone right. until somebody had an idea, Steve Jobs, whoever these reality TV people are, that this might suck people in. Yeah. We might be able to sell this. And then all of a sudden, it's must-see TV, must-have technology. So, so you're right. Nobody's clamoring for this stuff mm -hmm. until it gets sort of absorbed into the, the cultural psyche. And then, of course, I hear kids all the time, I have to have an iPhone. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, if I, I don't have an iPhone, I'm going to die. No, I've heard that. And I'm like, and, you know what, let's risk it. Yeah. That's what I told yeah, my son the other day. We'll, we'll risk it. But it just shows you how our values have changed. Going back to your illusion about the farmers, yeah. they had to have such a profound work ethic because it's what they needed to do to survive. Yeah, they, they you now, live or die. Now kids, now kids feel like if they don't have their iPhone, well, my gosh, I'm going to die. Now, are they going to die physically? Of course <laughs> not. But are they going to die right. in terms of their popularity? Yeah. Or their, or their, because if I don't have an iPhone, well, I'm just not cool. It's so well, true. Should you base your self-esteem, how you view yourself, on whether you own a piece of, 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 of metal? Right. I mean, I don't think. No, we all know that. What, what uh, in the last couple minutes here, what, what would you say, where do we begin? Where do we begin to take 
back the values to start up the conversations with our kids and to turn it off, turn off the flow or turn well, down. I think two things. Turn, turn, turn the volume down, set some limits on the use of technology, set some, some limits on, on how these messages are getting through them, and, and then um, engage them in conversation, depending mm-hmm. on their age, uh, on what you value, why, why you value it, why it's important. What does the, the research show? What has been my personal experience? Simply beginning a conversation about what's important, all of a sudden kids will start thinking, asking themselves, well, what is important? Yeah. It's such and, a, and, and, I was going to say, from there, yeah, the parents might end up, it seems like, turn that off. Okay, we're, everybody's grounded from their equipment. We, everyone turns it off. But if you don't engage the conversation, you're not going to change like the paradigm. You're not going to change the thought process. Right, and all it'll be is parents being parents. Yeah, they don't get what it. jerks. They're old school, right. they're a bunch of jerks, they're trying to control me, what do they know? Instead of, you know what, especially once you get to, into teenage years, you can't just use that one-directional, right. this is my, you know, my way of the highway approach. It just won't work. Kids will just push back. Um, but if you can sit down with them and be respectful of them and say, here are some concerns we have about popular culture and media, and let's talk about it. Yeah. And let's see if we can come up with some things that will meet your needs, because we don't want you to be social lepers because you don't know, because <laughs> you haven't seen the movie Frozen yet. <laughs> um, and, uh, or uh, while at the same time, let's get back to figuring out what as we as a family think is important. Love it. I really do. I think, Jim, I think it's huge. And again, I, it's hard to not you know, turn this into a, like a scare thing, but you know, eventually it will be. But and right now, you know, we we love our families. We need to just get back to the basics. So appreciate you, Dr. Jim Taylor. Go to his website, drjimtaylor.com. And again, lots of great books. A new book he's got out, Raising Generation Tech, along with 14 other ones, for heaven's sakes. The man's a very busy writer. Go to his website, learn his tools, and uh, let's start taking our families back one value at a time. Take the time to teach the lessons. Take the time to not just turn off the equipment, but start up the conversations. We're going to take a break. More ideas, more tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show after this break. It's my Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. On your side, guiding you. Doing what we can on the show to give you the tools, the help that you need to make it through life. Seems like today's a day of bad news. A, YouTube. Down. Because Gangnam Style video it surpassed its count ability well just the counter broke mm-hmm. tragic because we we played gangam off of youtube just earlier yeah. and they actually fixed the counter too yeah. i checked it this morning and it's uh two billion one hundred fifty five million and now it's mm-hmm. 156 million <laughs> i mean it's like it's like it's it's like um two thousand 2000 when we when it what was it 2001 the y2k thing yeah. oh yeah oh, okay the bug yeah see that's what it that's what should have happened 
on Y2K. Mm-hmm. We, but. we we read a memo that says YouTube went, it got hit, and then they just fixed the counter. And yeah. now we got to go another $2 billion before it gets hit again. Yep, yep. So that was bad news number one. Bad news number two on the show today. Uh, this is hard. But what? for those of you that are left-handed, I'm just going to shoot straight from you, straight with you, because I am. This would be my dad. Okay, this is your dad, plus a, a lot of other people. <sighs> Here's the bad news. A new study by a Harvard, by Harvard University economist says lefties generally make less money than righties. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's discrimination. I know. <laughs> but, you know, lefties make less. And by the way, they also may be worse off in other areas of life, too. According to Harvard public policy professor Joshua Goodman, he writes in the Journal of Economic Perspectives that there's a popular perception that lefties can be unusually talented. For example, four of the last seven presidents left-handed. Mm-hmm. Weird. But by using the data sets from the United States and the United Kingdom. World Series MVP, Madison Bumgarner. Left-handed. Left-handed. Well, let me just tell you the truth of all of these people. Left-handed people, lower test scores. Salaries a little lower, 10 to 12 percent hmm. lower. Well, yeah, right? I mean, for all these statistics, though, the opposite's true about, the, I mean, the rest are right-handed. So it's like, yeah, yeah the last couple of presidents have been, or a few presidents have been left-handed, but <laughs> all of the other ones have been right-handed. So, yeah, uh, you know, hmm. it's a good point. <laughs> uh, I like to just think that the entire reason the economy is where it is is because four of the last seven presidents have been left-handed. Well, yeah, you, I definitely agree. If you really want to make money and you're left-handed, learn how to pitch. I'm serious. I, but you, you understand that the market – it's a very but small are, market. It's a niche market. I mean there's yeah. a lot of guys that still just have to deliver But there aren't the that many left-handed pitchers. It's true. You know why? They can't make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want to just brag because I'm a right-handed guy. But it's left-handed. Goodman determined that lefties have a 10 to 12% lower annual earnings than the righties. Mm-hmm. The mean, median annual earnings for male lefties in the U.S. are about $2,500 lower than male righties. Hmm. And the female lefties make about $3,400 less than female righties. I mean, this is groundbreaking. Yeah, that's huge. And we don't have time to get into all of it because I want to yeah. give you maybe a better solution than maybe just going with left-handed, right-handed. But I am interested in uh, – apparently at Yale, they're going to be doing a study on innies versus outies. No, oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. I am kidding you. Good. Oh. James is like, I got to read that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a total outie. Anyway, okay. So My salary is going to be higher. <laughs> we, we're, we're not, we can't diminish the fact that for some reason he found those statistics. Except here's the deal. Can I just suggest, going back to what our guest was saying earlier, Dr. Jim Taylor, uh-huh. maybe we ought to go back to a, an older form of finding our identity, our sense of worth, our values, our principles. Maybe we ought to get back to the idea of being principle-centered in life and let the principles get us results instead of just personality-centered now, here's what I mean by this. I read a groundbreaking book many moons ago. I was probably 15 when I first read one form of this book. But it was by Dr. Stephen Covey. Principle-Centered Leadership was the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eventually, from that, wrote the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And his entire premise was 
his, his entire premise was you've got one or two thing one of two things you can put at your center principles which are universal truths you know that apply everywhere timelessly in every culture like service hard work love you know basic principles or you can kind of go with personality traits you know like charisma we hear we we read studies on the show all the time about people that have more hair apparently I, apparently they're not necessarily more successful uh, people that shave their head you know are more successful daddy warbucks for example mhm um it's from a play but in the end and You're, Stephen Covey talked about this big time in his research, personality ethic versus character ethic. And he had studied many, many hundreds, not probably hundreds, about 100 years of research in what makes people successful. And what happened is there was a shift in our culture where we went from forever we taught the principle of character was the key to your success. Your integrity, your principles was your foundation. And now we've moved to another area that he called personality ethic. So character ethic versus personality ethic, which is more about your traits, like lefty. So the research may show lefties may make less, but honestly, I'm going to bet if you had a lot of character, a lot of integrity, a lot of hard work, a lot of service, a lot of dedication, and you knew how to get it done, I'm going to bet you'll succeed regardless of Mm -hmm. which hand you use, or if you're James, whether you have an innie or an outie. Mm Mm-hmm. The book's called Principle-Centered Leadership, and what it makes is if I get all of my identity from being family-centered, which is a beautiful thing, and, you know, I'm LDS, and in the LDS world, families matter a ton, and I believe they should probably matter everywhere, but guess what? If I get all of my identity from being family-centered, what happens when my family are all killed in an accident? I'm not left with anything. Memories. But memories, really, of me living principles with my family. So wouldn't it be more effective, instead of just being family-centered, to Mm -hmm. be principle-centered? Wouldn't it make more sense, instead of being business-centered, to be principle-centered? Wouldn't it make more sense, instead of being even just um, church-centered, so everyone's fighting and arguing over their faith? What if we would just believe in the principles and follow the principles? So one of Stephen Covey's books was eventually about being Christ-centered. So the ultimate principle is being Christ-centered. Hmm. Anyway, and I guess that's, you know, for some that's pie in the sky. But in what I see, honestly, it's the deal. You can get either really good at, you know, doing one job really well a thousand different ways. But the minute they change the job, you're messed. If you don't know the principles that made that job successful, yeah. you're messed. That's right. Because the minute they shut down the doors or, or you know, close it down or send you somewhere, guess what? You're done. So can I just keep pushing on this idea that we push principles, principles, principles? That's the, where the power comes from anyway. Hmm. And it's interesting because in, if you're centered anywhere else other than the principles, at some point they break down. That's right. And, and you see that in, in any other center. Right. They, they will break down. Every other center will break down. If your body's centered, it's going to break down. I mean, mine hasn't, but some people's bodies break down. Yeah, some people's do and some people's don't. Yeah, it happens but, sometimes. Know, it's not a big deal. If you push the volume button on your computer, it pops up. <laughs> in the end, it's the principles that matter. And, so, but be, and be careful of that because as I think Jim was talking about in our last hour, it's – so go focus on having the right phone. Go be phone-centered. But phone-centered isn't going to make you happy. Drinking Especially a Coke, when they change the phone. That's exactly right. 
every or, year. Oh, because I finally got up to speed on all of this Apple stuff. Yep. And now I'm being seriously advertised to use a Samsung. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can't change that. That's like a universal truth. <laughs> <laughs> It'll throw me back. Decade. Anyway, principles are going to stay. They're, they're, they, were, they were as effective a thousand years ago as they will be in 1,000 years. You having character, you having competency, you having integrity and service and love and you having humility, all of those principles aren't going away. And you know what else in the end? I guarantee you in every way of measuring success, they will trump any other metric you can have. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Anyway, it's just a thought. But I'm sticking to it. Okay. Uh, Dr. Paul Jenkins is in the house. That's a lot of doctors today. I know. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might want to have him check out that crick in your neck, though. Okay. Yeah, no, that'd be good. I don't know if he's that kind of doctor, but I'm sure he'll have some insight. No, you can check my moles and he can check the crick. I'll check your moles. Okay. He'll check the crick. Okay. Uh, Sean, what are you going to check? I'm checking to make sure that the door is shut. I was going to say he's checking out. (laughs) Sean's checked out. More, my friends, continuing this discussion about how to take on life with values and principles. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just listening to a little Hannah Montana, James uh, Birdsall's favorite singer. Hannah Montana, a.k.a. Is it Miley Cyrus? Yeah. Yep. Now, you liked her in the Hannah Montana days, not the Miley Cyrus days. Yes. Miley was overwhelming. But Hannah Montana, fantastic. Hannah Montana was right in the niche, right there. Yeah. She sounds great. Mm-hmm. Youthful. <laughs> anyway. In the house, Dr. Paul Jenkins is sitting in the studio. Uh, by the way, uh, didn't tear his pants. Last time he was on the show, he likes me to mention this every time. Uh, I do. It, it it sort of makes the show. <laughs> it totally does. Last time you accidentally sat, you sat down intentionally, but your pocket was caught on the the handle the arm of this fine chair rest, in which I am now seated, and it done ripped your pants off. <laughs> ripped them good. Yeah, it's almost like they were like the basketball pants that the the Jazz or the the national NF or the NBA players wear, where they just rip them off. The tearaways, take it right off. I thought you were wearing some tearaway khakis. Khakis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It turned out that I was. Luckily. <laughs> Luckily, you bring another pair of pants wherever you go, which is so weird. Um, on the on to topic today, we we needed Doctor P today. Uh, we call him PJ, Doctor P. Paul Jenkins. Go to his website, drpauljenkins.com. But here's the deal: he he is he's a therapist, clinical psychologist, PhD. Want want want. But more importantly, he's a coach. You've converted. Uh, yes. From therapist, psychotherapist to coach. And that conversion happened quite a while ago, actually. Uh, yeah, you were, you were actually you, a pioneer. Matt, you used to have a billboard. I did. Something about coaching, not therapy. Yeah. 
And I've been a believer in that for a long time. It's I mean, just easier, I, better. I mean, I think it just people relate to that idea. Psychotherapy. What does that sound like? Uh, that's why. Yeah, that word is just therapy for psychos. Yeah, people aren't lining up for that necessarily. But you're you're good. You are very good at what you do. Why? Thank you. You've worked wonders on me. I know. Except you can't get me to <laughs> quit telling the pants story. I can't get you to. Hey, uh, I, we need you on today's subject because okay. you help people create mission statements. Yeah. And, and we don't have to go the mission statement way. But earlier our guest was talking about the power of values. And mm-hmm. if we let the media determine our values, then we're going to just kind of go with their value flow. Mm-hmm. But we need to know what our value systems are. And then I just talked about right. – what Stephen Covey's principle-centered leadership idea that put the principles at the center and let that kind of lead you mm-hmm. even down to Christ kind of being at the center thing. Right. Um, but I know that one of the things we hear all the time is, so you need a mission statement or a value statement or a board, a vision board. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming all of that is has something to do with getting values deeper into your heart. Or at least discovering what they are so that you can do it more on purpose. That's on purpose. By the way, to, you mean to live on purpose? To live on purpose. Hey, that's a great little slogan. Which is ironic because it's actually the name of your podcast series. Happens to actually be the name of my podcast and my practice. Yeah. But th- that's not accidental, man. No. It gets down to what, what you're suggesting here. At the root of everything that we do is some kind of a value system. Yeah. I, I I say value system, but really it's just a set of beliefs or values that you hold somewhere inside of you, and you're not always aware of them. Yeah. In fact, sometimes you have no clue. Exactly. But they were like maybe handed to you just culturally or by your grandma. Yeah. And it, and then that becomes the operating system mm-hmm. or the background behind everything that we do. So we're speaking English again today here on this show. We do it every time, almost. And you don't really even notice that because it's such an automatic part of how you understand that we're going to communicate here today. And you don't think, hey, okay, Dr. Paul's coming in. I need to speak English. Focus on English. No, it just rolls automatically because that's part of the template. And your values are very similar to that. But you're you're saying a lot of our values, we don't even know what they are. We don't even know how we got them. Now, you can become aware of them just like you can become aware of the fact that we're speaking English. Yeah. But it requires a little bit of intentional focus and and drilling down to, okay, what are these values? What is yeah. really important to me and why do I do what I do? I love that because then I guess that helps you change your plans, change your game. If you know what your values are and they're intentional and you've thought them through, Mm -hmm. then change is not as big of a deal. Or even if you don't want to change it, at least you understand why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Which adds more meaning to life. Can humans really think about, I mean, can we really evaluate our thinking? Because what would we evaluate it with? Well, it's called metacognition. It's that ability to think about our own thinking. And that seems weird because we'd use our thinking. We'd use our thinking to think about our thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it gets a little circular. That's weird. But I, but you can. But Absolutely you can. And and then I guess it seems like if you, if you go 10 yards deeper into metacognition, which is probably – but if you go mm-hmm. deeper into your thinking, mm-hmm. it probably allows you the next time to go even deeper. I buy that. You know what I mean? Sure. But if you never go there, mm-hmm. you never go there. And then you're just, I guess, being driven by beliefs you're not even aware of. 
It's like just you're just being pushed by the wind. So look at why this would be important in a relationship, for example, parent-child relationship or a marital relationship. To be able to articulate the why gives a lot of power to a parent, for example. You know, you tell your kids all the time, don't do this or do that or, you know, barking out instructions. And a common response of the kids is, why? Yeah. Don't ask why. Now, usually they're not even asking a question. Yeah. They're just protesting yeah. the instruction. It's a whining. But there's there's a reason why the why question comes to our mind all the time. We want to have a solid reason for the things that we're doing, and the values are what provide that. Mm. If parents could articulate those values to their children, that puts the the children in a position where they are more likely to not only comply with the requests, but to have a more solid foundation that they're basing all of their decision-making on from that point forward. Do values change? Like, um, what I valued when I was eight is probably not what I value today. Right. Unless, I mean, there's certain things I valued when I was eight, like... Um, I don't know, being nice, mm-hmm. but I also valued G.I. Joe. Right. Right. Remember the G.I. Joe when you could rub his head, off, his hair off. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Oh, he was my favorite. <laughs> and, uh, so, but, so some of our values, it seems like are actual principles and some right. are just placeholders maybe. I don't know. Well, and there's a there's a, a little bit of a difference when we're talking about something we value versus uh-huh. a value that we hold. That we hold. And and I think you because that's the why. If now. I got to know the why, yeah, to fight about the why of the of the GI Joe uh-huh. is different than fighting about the why of the principle of service. Right. So you might. So you're you're saying you got to know. You got to make sure they're tied to thing, not just things you value. But because right. I think that people throw that in there, the word is the same, but it carries a yeah, different meaning. Teach us there, yeah, yeah. So, so we're talking about that more core principle, and the thing that those two things have in common, those two concepts have in common, is importance. Yeah, is this important to me? And that's why we use a similar word. But the values that we're talking about are those principles that drive our behavior. Yeah, and 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 eventually, I guess, what drives more success too. Right. Right. So they not only get you doing it, but they also get the success to happen. Well, what is success? Yeah. Like success would be aligned to my principle. Exactly. Yeah. If you're accomplishing what's important to you, then you're successful. That's cool. See, but – oh, and we're running out of time for this first segment. But how do we, how do we get to it? I need you to teach us after how we okay. get to that. And what do you do if you're in a marriage where you've got your values, I've got my values? Mm-hmm. Do they always align? Because it seems like a you know, lot of I'm a little weird this way, Matt, because I believe that everyone has the same core value. Yeah, universal kind of value. And it's, I call it the feeling. Mm. Oh, I remember this. I talk about this in yeah. my book. Yeah. The feeling. And we describe that in different ways. It's success. It's happiness. It's peace. But everybody's doing what they're doing to achieve that, that feeling. feeling. James calls it yum yum. That's another way that it's commonly described. Is it? Yeah. That's a common description? At least here in this studio. Yeah, I told you it was common, Matt. A lot of people call it yum-yum. Did you know? What, you don't? No, I don't call it yum-yum. Yeah, <laughs> even when he says that to me, I can't look at him. It's just awkward. <laughs> I just have to look away. 
Uh, you know that James is he's on the road to getting married. Uh huh. It's it's a long road, <laughs> but he's on the road, and he found he found awesome. a, a friend, a girlfriend. <laughs> that is an upgrade from last time I was here. That was huge. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. I met her. She really is wonderful. And, and you, she's real. I didn't know she was real. You fully approve as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, I want to talk to her. I feel bad for her. Yeah, still doesn't know her name, even though you met her. I so. know her name. Well. Her name's Milanovic. Mm-hmm. Milana. Milena. Milena. Michaela. Something. It's it's an M and an A-ish now name. Moktonovit, Moktan, and just just stop right there, man. <laughs> okay. So, you are you listening, James? Yes, he's going to teach us about yum yum. Perfect. I love yum yum. Doctor PJ, Doctor Paul Jenkins is going to help us uh, figure out how to get the feeling, and from that, we'll probably be able to derive the the principle and the value. It's gonna That's be what we're shooting for. More with Dr. Paul Jenkins from drpauljenkins.com. And you got to go check out his podcast, uh, liveonpurposeradio.com. Dot com. Yep. We'll take a break. We'll be back. More right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, today we're talking with Dr. Paul Jenkins. That, by the way, is your girlfriend's name, James. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Is that her name? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe's her name? Maybe. So it is? <laughs> it's not? Her name's Maybe. At least that's what she wants you to call her. That's what she also said when he said, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just pulling your leg. <sighs> oh, the hilarity. Never gets funnier than that. That is as funny as it gets. But now it's time to get serious. Back to seriousness. Dr. Paul Jenkins is in the house. He uh, he wrote the book. What's the name of the book again, Paul? Pathological. Positivity. You got it. It's a great book. And it's out of you. So now that your first mm-hmm. book is out of you, you can write 10 more. Well, book two is almost done. Is it really? Probably released uh, early 2015. Holy yeah. cow. What's that one going to be called? Portable Positivity. Potable? Po- <laughs> portable. Portable. Matt. Like portable, like carryable, transferable. Yes, it's pocket-sized. That'll be the third book. Pocket-sized Positivity. <laughs> this is good. The uh, third book's got a whole different title. You know what? Can I just suggest eventually use a different letter other than P's? I've got some M's now. Do you? I don't know if we want to get into that. Because, okay, good. Because <laughs> okay. once we get you started. Well, you just get me started, man. Do you have another, like, alliteration that goes on forever? Not yet. Okay, we'll work on it. Yeah. You've got time. It'll include the word mat somewhere. <sighs> like, and maybe. Or doormat. Yeah. Uh, we love having Paul Jenkins on the show. Go to his website, drpauljenkins.com, and also go check out, go get his book, pa- pa- Pathological Positivity. Yes. And you got to go listen to his podcast, Live on Purpose, which uh, I was on. You're a great host. You were. That was a great honor. Thank you. (sighs) Lots of heavy breathing. We were talking about values earlier. You want to get back to that? I think so. Uh, 
okay, here's what I need you to tell me. So we've talked about principles. We've talked about values. Mm -hmm. How do we kind of – you were talking about the good feeling, which I really like how you frame that because our our goal is not success. Our Mm -mm. goal per se is really a feeling. Success is achievement of the feeling. You see – but in our world, it seems like success is the achievement of the tangible. Okay, so so I have the money, and so that money. makes me that we assume the tangible would automatically give me the feeling. But you're that's saying that's the assumption. The feeling is really the only thing that mattered because you want the money in order to what to feel this way, safety, security, right. and to, it might be okay so that I could do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, why do you want to do what you want to do? Because of the feeling I, I get when I'm doing right. what I want to do. That's right. It's, so it always comes down to that feeling. That's how we're going to define success. I love that. So how do we, how do we identify what that is? Here's a little exercise that could, could get you started. Okay. So this is how somebody out there can take the feelings they want to accomplish, which is their goal in life, and derive yeah. their principle. Is that, how, is that what we're learning here? Kind of reverse engineering the whole thing yeah, so yeah. that we can get down to, cool. okay, what are these values that drive me? Yep. Because when you're living in accordance with your values, you have a right to the feeling. There you go. And when you're not? When you're, you won't experience it. Yeah. You'll, you'll, experience you'll experience a fake, discontent. A, yeah. a counterfeit. Um, you'll be in a, in a state of, of lacking the feeling. Yeah, that's cool. So for lack of a better way of explaining it. What's the activity? So here's – we'll start with a dreams list. Okay. Okay. Now, little kids are really good at this because they they can list all of their dreams for you. Sean dreams all the way through the show. (sighs) That's a different kind of dream. He's he's never made a list though that I know of. Sometimes we'll grow up and life beats us up a little bit and we let go of these dreams. So here's how to kickstart it. And and write this phrase down if it helps. If I had unlimited time, money, and support from my friends and family, these are the things that I would do or have mm. or be. Okay, so we're we're taking away all of the limitations. You know, I, well, I would do that, but I don't have the money. Or my family doesn't support me. I don't have the resources for that. If I had unlimited time, money, resources, and support from my friends and family, here's what I would do or be or have. And then just turn your mind loose on that. And just go, 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 There are no limits. So if it occurs to you that you'd fly to the moon, put it on the list. Right. Everything is fair game. And and doing that long enough that you just get the flow. Yeah, you're in that stream of consciousness. And, and it won't go on forever because you'll run out of gas at yeah. some point. But just dump it. Yeah. Put it all out there. Get it onto a piece of paper. What if your head's like, oh, but yeah, that's unrealistic. Or, oh, that's, oh, but that's selfish. See, there's no limitation. Just get here. it out there. Don't let there your own head no stop limitation. you. That's cool. Yeah. Now, as you get all of that out, you're going to start to see some themes emerging. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of practice because a lot of times the way we spend our time on a daily basis is driven by other kinds of values. For example, why do you go to work? Why do, why do you show up for your job? Why do you get in your car and drive to your office or log on to the computer or whatever it is you do for work? Yeah. Why do you do that? 
Well, some, you have to make money. And for most people, it's that. It's, well, I, I need to make money. Well, why? So I can feed my family. Okay, now, so... Now you're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere because yeah. that's, a, that's a more fundamental value... There you go. ...than your job is. Yeah. Okay, now maybe work is a value. I had a client today, Matt, who is, as far as finances are concerned, she's set. Set for life. Yeah, she's collecting interest Mm. On a huge sum of money that she's so just is living on her interest. That's great. Yeah, exactly. And she's feeling guilty about not going to work. I bet you okay? asked her why. I certainly did. <laughs> because she doesn't need the money. So then, but you, there's something did she inside of her. It? What did she say? Well, we're we're starting to drill down to that. That's cool for her That's because so she has unlimited money uh-huh. in terms of the way most people That's think right. about it. But. But her She's guilt, not feeling fulfilled because she has right. a core value of work. She wants, yeah. She believes in work, that you yes. should be working, serving, and giving. And it's not that she needs to have a job. Mm-mm. It's that she needs to be eagerly engaged in some kind of a That's meaningful cool. purpose that allows her to work and create value for people. And you know what's interesting? The, the look value. what's telling her that is the feeling. So right. you, always, you always start with the feeling like the feeling is communicating some dissonance. Yes, so if you're feeling the negative feeling, there's a dissonant chord to the value. Right. And then you just basically have to ask why and why does that bother you? And eventually she would get out of her that I need to be working or doing something. I right. Ain't anxiously engaged. And it comes down to her value of being – and she has some specific ways that she wants to be engaged in productive work. Hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with money. It has to do with a mission that she has to fulfill the values that are core to her. So we start by this wish list because that starts to clear up your mind from all of the clutter that has you telling yourself why you don't do things. Right, right. We're not interested in the reasons you you can't or don't. Yeah. We want to just bust through those barriers and get to, okay, with unlimited time, money, resources, support, here's what I'd be doing. Here's what I would be engaged in. And it's okay cool. to list things that seem selfish. Yeah. Because a lot of times uh, they're not when no. we get down yeah. to the core yeah. value. Yeah, and that just might be our cultural idea that, oh, that's selfish. Where it might be, yeah. But your principle is, no, it's taking care of them. There's some principle behind it. Yeah. That's cool. Now, once you get the list out, there's some things you can do to start to identify and isolate the themes that are coming up in your list. Yeah. So group those things together in a way that starts to make sense. Yeah. You know, these things seem to be more entertainment oriented or or what seems selfish, you know, things I want to do just for me to enjoy this life. Yeah. But that's a value. Enjoying life. That's totally. one of the values that will drive uh your behavior. Some of them will li- will lump together in the category of family perhaps or whatever it is, but right. starting to uh, group those things together helps you to identify, okay, here are the basic themes that are involved uh, that are coming through when I really take off the barriers and start looking at where my where it's, my heart is. It's so empowering because I could um, be stuck. Remember earlier we were talking about how do you evaluate your thinking except with your thinking? Mm-hmm. So I might be stuck uh, without, without even knowing why I'm always angry. Uh-huh. Like why sure. am I always mad? I'm always, I just seem to always be mad. But by doing this, you might see where you're out of integrity or you're out of alignment. 
So maybe you're just out of alignment and mm-hmm. that's making you mad. So going to work every day when it's not what you feel – you can't see how it's aligned. Mm-hmm. That Just that one thought of getting all the way down the road like you're telling us could eliminate a problem that you don't even – like in your marriage that you don't even know the cause of it. It could potentially. This is cool. The other thing that – that could happen there is you identify what those core values are. You might get up and do exactly the same thing tomorrow that you got up and did today mm-hmm. with the feeling. Yeah. Because you know why. Lacking it. Now you know why. Because there's purpose to it. You're not just get, going to work because you have to. Right. You're going to work so that you can provide for your family and make some dreams. So picture this in, in the context of parenting and telling your child, for example, to get their homework done. Yeah. All right, that is like way down on the list of what they want to do, right? Yeah, totally. What if that homework to them represented achieving what's on their dream list? That now, now you've got motivation. You put a why behind it and it changes all of the motivation. And you differentiate, and that's important, between the practice and the principle. So a lot of times it seems like parents are always pushing a practice or an activity. Mm-hmm. You need to do your homework to practice. Right. But there's a principle behind it, which is that wish list, becoming the best you can or living hard work. And it's summarized by the why question. Yeah. Okay. Why? So if even if your kids aren't asking why, as a parent, it's good to put that question in your own mind and say mm-hmm. why. I ask parents this all the time, Matt. They'll be in my office and say, well, I want my kids to do this or that. And I'm like, why should they do that? <laughs> and they look at me with this look that says, what are you from outer space? Yeah, it's obvious. Duh. That's <laughs> it. I know you've got reasons why they should do it. What are their reasons? It's great. What are their reasons? Well, why, and then they well, so that they can go to college and get a great education. Mm-hmm. But for a fourteen-year-old, that's not maybe what they're thinking. And not at all. So you can have that why all you want, mom and dad, but that doesn't relate to me. Right. How, okay. How about this? So you better do it so you don't get whipped. <laughs> that's okay. a. There's another one. Uh, that's a reason to do it. <laughs> See, we try to motivate every other way except from outside, but not get into their why, which is the inside. Right. That's the internalized. So version. you're teaching us motivation. Well, motivation is why. I mm-hmm. mean that. <laughs> what? That's that's how that? motivation is defined. It's the why behind the behavior. That's the yum yum. Yeah. The as, feeling, as James puts it. As James puts it. You put it. You call it the feeling. I call it the well, just because that's a a very general term that we can use to apply to all of those other terms that we use. Yeah, happiness, peace, satisfaction, spirit, joy, yeah, good, peace, yeah. prosperity, or yum yum. The feeling. If or you yum-yum. want, if you, you know, want to use yum yum, that might be. You might want to use yum yum. I mean, I James, you'd have to ask James, but maybe we can license that though. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We'll license yum yum. <laughs> PJ, you did it. That's awesome. That's good stuff. So pretty simple. Can people, let's say somebody's out there and they need help. Can they just call you? Sure. You'll just get on the phone? You're not too big for that? My website has multiple ways to contact me. Dr. Paul Jenkins. Let me look. Yeah. You can phone. Mm -hmm. You can use the interweb. Mm -hmm. The interweb. You can drive over. The address is there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, hot air balloon says. Mm-hmm. 
But you have free downloads. You have a lot of stuff. Because I just sit there and think, there's got to be a lot of people out there thinking, I need to call Paul and have him help me just through this process. Mm-hmm. You'll do that. I am a coach. That's great. As you said earlier. So you, you don't get a diagnosis. No, you're a great coach. If you want a diagnosis, I'll refer you. And do you, are you taking younger clients that are about to get married, like they're on the road to marriage? I mean, they're not near, they're nearing the road to get on the road to marriage? Yes. I just have a friend that's close to that. <sighs> He's sitting right there. James is just rolling his eyes. Now that's stinka. He gives me the that whole all time. Day long. Paul, hey. you're the best. Go check out drpauljenkins.com. We'll be back. Are you going to stick with us? I'll be here. Hang out. We're going to come back, talk about creativity, how you foster creativity. You might want to listen because you're writing a lot of books. I should listen in. I will. More after this break right on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends. The last segment of the Matt Townsend Show today. We're wrapping it up. Putting a nice little bow on it. Put it under your Christmas tree. Change your life forever. In the house, Paul Jenkins. He's hanging out. He's slumming. <laughs> he says, I'm slumming. You didn't say that. You love us. I, I've been quoted to say a number of things that I don't remember saying. You need to work on Especially that. Especially here on this show. It's I don't weird. know how that works. I like to put words in your mouth. You'd never say you're slumming, but speaking of slumming, uh, nothing to say. See that restraint? We had well a great party last night with the broadcasting. All of BYU Broadcasting was there. It was a party. It was fun. I like had to sit up straight. Like Big guys were there. Don, our boss was there, Don Shaline. This big league. I'm just telling you that because we work at a great place. Sean didn't come. <laughs> James wasn't there. Alyssa, you weren't there. Wasn't invited. Sorry. I'm That's not right. sure how it was as great as you say then. It was awesome. It wasn't. Without it, us. It, it was right? awesome. No, 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 <laughs> doubt, no doubt. It would have been a lot better. And I didn't get my invitation, so. But what I noticed... There was a band that played called, James, what's the name of the band? Book on Tapeworm. Book on Tapeworm. You, it sounds like a bad band. Not bad. I mean, Tapeworms, bad. Book on Tapeworms, awesome. They played. But, so I'm thinking of our topic of creativity today. The, these guys played everything you can ever see, ever imagine. Was all It all existed in this band. Wow. Keyboard, but... Uh, um, do the action. What are they called? Steering what? wheel? That no. looks like a steering it looks wheel. Looks like a steering. <laughs> I'm guessing drums. <laughs> kind of like the marimba, but a big drum, but not like a normal drum set. Kind of like a xylophone thing, but there's a name, a glockenspiel. Is that what it's called? That's that a sounds drum? German. No, like it's like a That's like a small xylophone and it's really high yeah, pitched. That's it. Yeah, glockenspiel. You nailed it. But see, these guys were so creative and then he would take like a the um like the cello I don't know what you call the thing that you the bow the bow and he would play these pipes with the bow. Hmm. It was a really awesome experience. That's creativity. That's right. So today we're talking about creativity and how to teach and foster creativity with the littles. As a scout troop, by the way, walks right by the window. The littles. We should ask them to stay. So, Alyssa, 
teach us. How do we create or foster creativity with those cute little cutie pies? With the little munchkins. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's interesting that when we talk about creativity, we typically think of artists and dancers and, you know, the fine arts. You don't think of math or science. Radio show engineers. Yeah. Right. Same. (laughs) Same thing. So um, in this, it says creative people are more flexible and better problem solvers, which makes them more able to adapt to technological advances and Mm. deal with change, as well as take advantage of new opportunities. And that's what our world is right now. Totally. It's totally changing technological advances left and right. You have to. Did you know that Dr. Paul Jenkins, when he walked in, he had one topic and I gave him a new topic. Right. That's because you see you handled it. That was your creativity just took over, and it was phenomenal. You have to be able to adapt mm-hmm. because life is always handing you that's right something you didn't expect. But what is so? What is the principle here? What's the thing we teach, Alyssa? How do we teach create adaptable creativity? Okay, so we have a list of reasons right here. Okay, so number one is designate a space for creating. And they talk about the idea that it doesn't have to be something fancy. It Mm. doesn't have to be a big old playroom for your children. It can be just even like a corner of the room where they play with their Legos all the time. And they can count on it being there. They can always play with whatever. But it's their space. Right, right. Yeah, they can kind of even mess it up a little bit. Yeah, it's their little corner of happiness and creativity. (laughs) We all need a space. (laughs) Don't we? We all need a corner. Everybody choose a corner. Totally. (laughs) Okay, and the next one is allow for free time. So uh, we're so overscheduled that uh-huh. we're not even teaching that. Right, children they need structure, but they also want their free time. And so this reminded me of when I was younger. I have twin little brother and sister yeah. who I'd help take care of, and I was only five, <laughs> and I was the little mother with my mom. And she said every day I would sit down in front of the TV for an hour and have my me time, <laughs> which makes <laughs> me laugh. I was five years old. You needed but your apparently <laughs> I needed that for my creativity to blossom yeah. <laughs> that's so true what show would you watch um i would watch clifford and mm. arthur big red dog the good ones the classics I the guess, classics right that's cool yeah you even knew that back at age five right i knew what i was talking about well you i did. guess my mom set me up for success she did there we go that's it <laughs> What else? What else do they need? They need their space. They need their time. Right. Um, They need to have their senses activated. So this means they need to learn about new places, visit new places, go to the park, be outside, go to a museum. Experience stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. That's huge. And I think that's fun. I do too. For kids. That's why the scouts are here. Yeah. Walking by. (laughs) Their senses are being, I mean, and they're touching everything. (laughs) They were just... (laughs) The garlands. They're touching everything. Even though they're not supposed <laughs> the to. Why are they touching everything? The glass windows. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so we stimulate their senses. Then what? Yeah. Okay. And we need to avoid managing. Yeah. So kind of let them um, create their own things, their own ideas. Let them express themselves. Don't be so into making sure that they finish a certain thing. Let them kind of do it their own way for let a little them. bit. Yeah. You know. which, is, which is all I let Dr. Paul do it. I, just, I didn't right, know. I kept right. encroaching, but he did it. And along those lines, yeah, messes. Okay, we have a fear of messes. Oh yeah, 
and where chaos. did we learn that? Probably from our own upbringing where our parents had a fear of messes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get rid of that fear and creativity really increases. When you can allow the mess. I mean, if you go. Yeah. Exactly. And think about it. As you go through life, you're going to have to deal with messes. That's right. So might as well learn it early on. And sometimes I, I just see it in my own life. If I have a big speech or something to do, I, I just allow myself to get a lot of ideas in my head. And it's a mess. And then out of the mess comes this idea. Boom. This brilliance. And it feels yum, yum. Mm. And then it works. Uh, Alyssa, thanks. Yeah, no problem. That was a good list. And uh, James, we wish you the best in your pursuits. Thank you. Pursue the yum, yum. Pursue the yum, yum. And anybody that wants to contribute, send money. Dr. Paul's about to throw out 100 bills right now, I can tell. Oh, that's great. I'm excited. That's right. And Dr. PJ, thanks. Everybody got it. You got to go to his website, drpauljenkins.com. Thank you, Matt. You're the man, the myth, the legend. Here's a quote on the way out. Uh, Social media has given us this idea that we should all have a posse of good friends when in reality, if we have one or two really good friends, we are lucky. That's by Brene Brown. Tomorrow we're going to have a best of show. Uh, You know, more ideas, more tools, folks. Thanks for being uh, our friends and listening to the show. We'll be back again tomorrow with more tools to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. Take care.